Hello and welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. My name is Lyndon Batiste of Batiste Ministries. Our mission is to teach the world the power of loving God and loving others. We love God by obeying His Ten Commandments, and we love others by becoming 1 Corinthians 13. It is my hope that this episode of the Gift of Love broadcast is a blessing to your life. Hello everyone and welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast where love is your greatest gift. I'm so excited because today is Dr. King Day, one of my favorite holidays. And I've been so inspired, as I'm always inspired each year, to think and reflect on the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, which was more than just an ordinary life, but an extraordinary life of a man, of a movement that I believe has been one of the greatest movements that our world has ever seen. Not just our country, but our world has ever seen. So many other movements received their inspiration out of what the civil rights movement stood for and the ideological foundations of that movement. It inspired so many other movements and it still inspires us to this day. As a result, um, of today being just, uh, you know, I'm in my king and, and, and I want to say this right now. King is my, is my alma mater brother, my, um, Morehouse college. So I really have a connection to King. And I remember immediately my freshman year going there onto Morehouse campus for new student orientation. And you go there in front of, uh, King chapel and you see the huge King uh, statue right there as he's he's pointing out and you know you just kind of got this sense that man life is about sacrifice life is about being a part of something that's bigger than yourself giving your life to some cause that advances humanity so the king holiday man king holiday you know there are just so many emotions that conjure up on today which inspired me to record this episode of the Gift of Love broadcast. And I want to title this, Love is Not Silent. Love is not silent. And we're going to go through some uh, through some scriptures, because as you know, I love the Bible. That's what my background is in. And I usually take a bit of a different approach. I try to read in it and kind of break outside of the 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 bounds of traditional biblical christendom interpretation of some things but this idea of love not being silent love is not silent and dr king's uh legacy made me think of this there's a quote that i want to start off with uh, that dr king gives us where he says our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter our lives begin to end the day we begin we become silent about things that matter. And that is so important because it's so easy right now to be silent about the things that matter. I mean, I can just go on my Facebook feed and there are some ridiculous things that show up on my Facebook feed, on my Twitter feed, on my Instagram. I mean, just pure nonsense people are not silent 
So the issue is not about silence. Everyone is speaking. Everyone is tweeting. Everyone has a soapbox on Facebook, including myself. Nothing wrong with having a soapbox. But the point here is that he says, when we become silent about the things that matter. See, that's the difference. The things that matter, the things that have tremendous consequence for our lives, our world. Those are the things that we're silent about. But, oh, yeah, we'll share the the high school fight, you know, the person getting jumped in the courtyard. We'll share all kinds of reality TV episodes and ridiculous conversations on morning shows. We share, we share, we share, we let our voices be known. But rarely is it about the things that matter. You know, one of the things that I think that is really, I've never quite understood is this, is this phrase that I've heard ever since I was a kid that says, there are two things that you don't discuss, religion and politics. Don't discuss those things, especially with people that you care about. And as I got older, it didn't make sense to me because it seemed to be that those two areas were probably the most consequential areas in our lives. I mean, think about how much of our lives are impacted by our religion or the religion of others or, or the beliefs. And, and I say religion you know, in a very broad sense, you know, some organized set of beliefs in our politics. So those are the two things that we can't talk about, but we can talk about, you know, who said what, who who got into a fight on this show. And we can talk about the sporting events, you know, who threw the ball the furthest. Oh, did you see the ball go through the hoop? I love sports. I used to collect cards when I was a kid. But we're talking about the things that matter, the things that matter. Sorry, as you see, I can easily go on a tangent. But the things that matter, love is not silent. And I want to start off with um, John, the book of John, chapter 2, verse 13, because Jesus wasn't silent. Jesus wasn't silent at all. Jesus had a little mouth on him, actually. Jesus was constantly telling folks off, like, come on, read the scripture. Jesus is constantly like going in on the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's going in. I mean, he told them they were whitewashed tombs. He's embarrassing the religious leaders in front of like the, the regular people. Like Jesus was hardcore, man. Like, Yo, let's get rid of this story, this narrative of Jesus, you know, walking around silent, kind of an introvert, you know, floating around in the bushes and popping up out of nowhere and forgiving people and, you know, just, you know, roses and colors and rainbows and Jesus, the, the love merchant and would never hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, no, Jesus was what we would call a G or gangster in some parts of town. Jesus had like no chill, no filter, and Jesus said what he thought needed to be said. And that's one of the reasons why they came after him. Like they they wanted to get Jesus, not because Jesus was respectful. He was very disrespectful. I mean, but his cause, his mission warranted it. What he said was truth. And because he is, 
you know, this example of love, we have to de- deduce from that that love is not silent. Love doesn't mean being passive and docile. Love, in many cases, is the complete opposite. And we see the same thing in the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. King, I mean, think about the time in which he said a lot, a lot of the things that he said, constantly living under the, the, the threat of his life and even the life of his family, his children. And he still continued on fighting. It's because love is not silent. Love is not weak. And as we talk about love on the Gift of Love broadcast, because it is our mission to teach the world the power of loving God and loving others, we will talk about what love looks like. Yes, love is kind. Love is never envious. Love is forgiving. But love also isn't silent. Love is truthful. Love seeks justice. Yeah, let's talk about that Jesus. Let's talk about the Jesus in John chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. And this same story appears in the synoptic gospels. And when we talk about the synoptic gospels, we're talking about Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's because those three have a common narrative, a common theme. They they resemble each other very much so. However, John, the the, the gospel of John kind of stands off on its own because of its theological premise, because you can tell that the writer has a different mission, whereas the synoptic gospels kind of are presented to us with um, kind of from from a almost a bi- biographical standpoint, you know, so just just a, a book of history, if you will. They're just writing down the narrative. But the the author of John has a different mission here and, and clearly understands or believes to have to understand at this point in which they're writing that Jesus is more than just, you know, a carpenter who did some wonderful things. That's what you kind of get in the synoptics. He's he's really special. We get it. We need to, you know, write this down. But John is a little further in that he's kind of writing from the standpoint of I'm writing this story and you need to know that he's the son of God. And everything that I'm writing about him is through that prism so that we can really understand what he was saying and doing. Right. So I really love um, John's uh, narrative or how John uh, recounts what is called the cleansing of the temple. And again, we see this same story and you can go back in Matthew and uh, Luke. I believe it's in, it might be in all three synoptics, but um, you can see the difference. Very little difference. What we do know is that he went and he went into the temple and, and tore up some stuff. They all say that some details are a little bit different. But beginning in chapter two, uh, John chapter two, verse 13 through 17, the scripture reads, now the Passover of the Jews was approaching. So Jesus went up to Jerusalem and in the temple enclosure, he found the people who were selling oxen and sheep and doves. And let me mention, I'm reading out of the Amplified. I like to kind of bounce around from um, uh, different um, uh, versions of this and drove them out all of all out of the temple and with the sheep and the oxen and he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables then to those who sold the doves he said take these things away stop making my father's house a place of commerce his disciples remembered that it is written in the scriptures zeal or love concern for your house and its honor will consume me and i skipped the actually i skipped the verse i was looking for this because this is the part that's funny in my opinion He made a whip of cords. This is verse 15. He made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple and with the sheep and the oxen. Now, come on. The docile Jesus 
took out a whip of cord and started swinging the cord at people. I mean, come on, this is like somebody's mother like coming in because you just got in trouble in school and you're trying to hide behind the bed because your mom has a whip in her hand. Jesus has a whip in his hand. Yes, loving Jesus has a whip in his hand. And he scatters the coins of the money changers. I mean, he goes into the temple and going into the temple here in this society is like going into the socioeconomic, like the center of power of his of, of, of Jerusalem. I mean, Jesus was really asking for somebody to come after him after doing this. Like Jesus is not concerned about his life. Like we can we can we can get rid of the passive docile Jesus like Jesus is here to stir up some trouble. I mean, that would be like me having some political, you know, being disgruntled and going to the governor's mansion and tearing up stuff or or someone going to the White House, jumping the White House fence, going in right through the front doors and just start tearing up stuff. Right. Or going on Wall Street and just I mean, this is what Jesus is doing. And what I really love is verse 17, where it says his disciples remember that it is written in the scriptures, zeal, love, concern for your house and its honor will consume me. And what he's saying is that Jesus is so consumed by love that he could not be silent about what was happening in the temple. Love is not silent. Love is not passive. And that's what we see in the life of Jesus. And we see that in the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And when we say that we are followers of Christ, I'm telling you, we got to think about that. Because it doesn't mean necessarily what we've been taught. If we're following the example of Jesus, it means starting up some stuff sometime. And that's what King was accused of, starting up some stuff. A lot of the Christian leaders said, King, why don't you just, you know, back off, man, you know. The church is supposed to be concerned about heaven and people's spiritual, their spiritual state. You know, you're causing trouble in our towns. And King understood, look, justice is not present. And when justice is not present, silence, silence cannot be present as well. Cannot be present as well. Love is not silent. I want to read a couple of other scriptures about this. In Hosea chapter 12, verse 6, the scripture reads, But you must return to your God, maintain love and justice, and wait for your God always. God loves justice. We're supposed to love justice. And that love propels us to say something, to speak up, to speak out when justice is absent. Amos chapter 5, verse 24. I'm pretty sure many of you are familiar with this scripture. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. But let justice roll on like a river. And what King told us is that justice often doesn't roll in on a river. We have to fight for it. We have to create the environment where it can but that is going to require that we not be silent. What have you been silent about? I know I've been silent about a ton of things. But as you see, it's very easy to not be silent. If you have social media, you don't have to be silent. If you have a microphone, you don't have to be silent. 
our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter another scripture i want to read here john chapter 15 verse 13 i love this and i'm going to read out of the king james version on this scripture greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I remember reading this scripture in times past and thinking, man, you know, do I have to lay down my life? Like, do I have to find a cross? I have to find some wood or, or am I supposed to run across the highway in midday traffic? Like, like, what does laying down my life look like? Well, my friends, it looks like not being silent. When you lay down your life, it does not mean in the literal sense, although it could. But what it really means is laying down your own comfort, laying aside your own ends and maybe your own desires for your life. Think about that. I remember mentioning this to some people. Jesus was 33 when he died. I'm older than Jesus now. And I would, you know, I wouldn't put it past Jesus to think that, you know, Jesus may have, you know, wanted some other things in life. I mean, come on, you know, God, you're telling me I have to die for these folks. And, 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 and you know, 2000 years later, they're, they're debating of whether or not I even lived. I mean, come on, man. That's, you know, that's, that's a good reason to not, hey, Father, may this cup pass from me. You know, can, can I, I don't want to do this necessarily. It doesn't have to go down this way. But greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. When love is your greatest gift, life, your life, you lay to the side for the things that matter is what Dr. King is saying. And that is what Dr. King did. And that is what he is imploring all of us to do. That is what Jesus is imploring all of us to do when he says, take up your cross. I believe Dr. King read that scripture and he believed it and understood it literally that he had to take up his cross and you and i also have a cross to take hope this isn't a little too too heavy on dr king day but that's what i think of and this is when life this is a well-lived life when it understands this very notion that love is never silent so how to avoid silence because I understand that silence is very tempting. That's why so many people are silent. We don't want the threat to our careers and our reputation. Colin Kaepernick is an example of someone, in my opinion, who was not silent. Whether you agree or disagree, we're not talking about that, but it was something that he cared about. He spoke on and we saw what happened. We see it in the life of Muhammad Ali. We see it in the life of many whistleblowers. So I understand the temptation to not be silent or rather the temptation to be silent. But there has to be something greater that possesses us, that causes us to override even our own very legitimate fears. So number one, how to avoid silence. Understand the consequence of silence. Understand the consequence of silence. Think about what happens if you don't speak. Instead of thinking about what, ha what would happen if you did speak, think about what would happen if you never spoke. 
And that was was one of the most powerful parts of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech is where he begins to talk about his children and hoping that his children would grow up in a certain type of world that he did not experience. And I know that part of the, the speech, you know, you see children joining hand in hand and singing, you know, nursery rhymes and merry-go-round. You know, I've seen all of those images. But I think that was very real to Dr. King because I'm a parent. And one of the things I often think of is the world that my two boys will be growing up in. And no one wants their children to have hardships. Everyone wants their child to have a certain path that is kind of, you know, set out for them. And everything else is up to them, you know, whether or not they'll be successful. But they don't want any unnecessary hardships to to come against their children. Right. I'm a parent. I know all of my parents out there. You would do anything to guarantee that your children would have the most direct route to whatever destination, happy, happy life, you know, that you could possibly create. And I think Dr. King is really there he's thinking about his children not again not just as a a a nice verse in this speech but he's thinking about the life of his children and not wanting them to experience what he experienced and thinking if i do not do anything if i do not say something then i can guarantee that they will experience this life because things won't change unless i speak understand the consequence of silence And that may motivate you to turn against silence and embrace your voice. Number two, how to avoid silence. Understand the call to love. Understand the call to love. Understand that love is not passive. Love is not weak. Love is not docile. Love. Love is what forced Jesus into the to clean the temple is it is what drove Jesus to the cross it is what drove Jesus to speak to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and to not only not only reveal to them their ways but I believe in many respects to give to give strength to those who felt oppressed by their own religious order when you understand love and you understand God you understand that justice peace righteousness if i'm a follower of christ if i'm a follower of god these are the things that i am otherwise you know you might just be wearing the title which is okay if that's what you desire but i believe we're all wired a little different especially if you're listening to this podcast you're probably if you're still listening you're probably wired a little different you understand love Because you understand that love is the most powerful force in the universe. As King said, it drives out hate and darkness. Number three, how to avoid silence. Understand that fear has no reward. Mm. Fear has no reward. Fear has no reward. It may convince you that it has a reward. It If you consider comfort a reward, I don't. But fear robs us of our potential. It robs humanity of what could be. 
And if you're a God seeker, if you're a God lover, you're not worried about comfort. You understand that there is something that humanity ought to be and we're still striving there and we're all ready to play our part. And that's going to require that we not be silent. Fear has no reward. Fear robs us of the true reward. That's why every time in the Bible an angel showed up, what would they say? Fear not. <laughs> showed up to Mary and said, fear not. If you fear Mary, you won't have this reward. We're still talking about Mary thousands of years later because she did not fear. Jesus did not fear. The apostles, the, apostles, the disciples did not fear. How do we know early church history tells us that 10 out of the 12 died a martyr's death? They did not fear. Understand that fear has no reward. How to avoid silence. Understand the consequence of silence. Understand the call to love and understand that fear has no reward. And, and I want to end with this here. It's easy to have a voice. It's so easy. As I mentioned earlier. People share things all the time. There are so many tools. Oh, man. The Internet has made it possible for all of us to reach each other. Eh, it's not good in, in the hands of some people, but. Hey, we have to sift through that. But if you have a voice. We have the tools so that you can be heard and, and change can come. You can start a blog. You can start a podcast like me. You can do a YouTube video. Or you can do a Facebook post. You can tweet something. You can Instagram something. You can Snapchat something. All of these tools that has created more human interconnectedness than we've ever had. I was a kid when internet dial-up happened. And we had to unplug the phone in my parents' room just to get onto the internet. And it was... It was it was abusively slow. <laughs> like it was evil how slow that was. Like I wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to take that. Most people would go crazy and pull out their hair. I remember that though. And now you can do anything that you would like in terms of reaching other human beings with a message. So it's easy to have a voice. There's no excuse to be silent. Absolutely no excuse to be silent because love is not silent. I want to end with another Dr. Queen, uh, not Dr. King. <laughs> Did I say Dr. Queen? Wow. Dr. King vote. Uh, Dr. King quote. Okay, it's late, guys. It's late. Courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. Cowardice is submissive surrender to circumstances. Courage breeds creativity. Cowardice represses fear and is mastered by it. Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when we must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular. But one must take it because it is right. My dear friends, we must live that way. Understand that love is not silent and we have every green light by Jesus, the Christ. And even Dr. King. That says you're in great company. If you choose not to be silent and you choose to be ruled by 
love. Thank you all for tuning in to the Gift of Love broadcast. And until next time, please remember that love is your greatest gift. Love somebody. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. If you would like to hear this episode and future episodes, visit us online at www.batisteministries.org. Again, that's www.batisteministries.org. Thank you, and remember to love God and love others, for love is your greatest gift.